Yes, it certainly is a big problem that we need to do something about. Um, we're talking about certain diseases that will be becoming untreatable, um, which is very scary. It's going back to sort of the Victorian time where, you know, a mild infection could prove fatal. Like what? What diseases are we talking about here? So there are many emerging ones which we call gram-negative diseases, so that we split bacteria into two groups, the gram-positive and the gram-negative, and it's gram-negatives that we're having a real problem at the moment. Urinary tract infections like E. coli and things like that, they're picking up bits of DNA that carry resistance to pretty much any antibiotic that we have at the moment. So where in the past you'd get a urinary tract infection, you'd be able to treat this, and now it's becoming untreatable, and so that, that infection then just rages uncontrollably and, and can, in some cases, lead to death. And why is this? There are many reasons why we're in this uh, situation now. In part because we have only a limited arsenal of antibiotics now. We haven't had any new ones for ages. The misuse of the antibiotics we actually have, the expectation of public that they must have drugs and things whenever they're ill. You know, you must have something to treat it even if it's not appropriate. So this would be, you know, having a viral infection and insisting on have antibiotics which would have no use at all. There is the misuse of antibiotics say within veterinary as well there's a lot of antibiotics in there so the same antibiotics that we'd use to treat human infection can be used to treat animal infections and if we're not used appropriately then you can start breeding resistance by selecting for organisms that are resistant to these antibiotics and so once they're resistant to one you then treat with a different antibiotic and, and you can go through the same cycle again again selecting for strains or substrains that have resistance to that antibiotic and so thus over time you, you basically run out of options. So it sounds like the misuse is an overuse of the antibiotics. Yes that's partly it I mean they've, they've been such a magic bullet you know to treat all these in, infections that it's it's been so nice to, to just take an antibiotic. But it's in part that when people have a course, save of antibiotics, they don't take it to end. And so, although they feel much better and the majority of the infections has gone, there's a, a little bit left. And they're the ones that possibly have some drug resistance and they're allowed to then multiply up again. We've also got problems with travel and so importation of strains from, from foreign climes where they may not have such a strict laws on antibiotic use. So, for example, you've got to get a prescription in this country to get antibiotics. But I know from trips abroad to places like India or Peru and things like that, that you can just go to the chemist and buy whatever you feel like. So long as you've got the money, you can buy it. And then you can treat yourself, which if you think you've got an infection, you could, but maybe you can only afford a couple of tablets. Some people go and buy just a couple of tablets and just try and treat the infection with that. And also in a lot of these regions, there's a lot of fake drugs or weak drugs. So you, you think you're buying a lot of strong antibiotic, but in fact you're getting very little antibiotic or, or, or perhaps something else. And, and this has all led to these resistant strains, these highly resistant strains. And then obviously because it's, it's you know, the global travel of people, anything that starts somewhere else quite quickly arrives in this country as well. So can you give us a sense of how difficult it is to fight against these new strains? If you're developing a new drug, a new antibiotic, how much time, how much effort goes into identifying that new strain and developing something new which will combat it? Well, to bring a new drug to market is intensely uh, difficult and, and extremely expensive. We've got quotes of anywhere between one and two billion pounds now to bring a new drug to market. And you've, first of all, you've got to identify it. And there's been huge efforts, companies that uh, to screen lots and lots of different chemicals to try and find a new antibiotic. And then once you've found something that seems appropriate, then you've got to go through all the different trials and testing, the stage one, the stage two, and the stage three trials. So where does the fault lie? Is it a financial issue? Is it a social issue? Is it, is it a scientific problem we can't overcome? Who's to blame? 
<laughs> I wouldn't like to point any a finger at anyone in particular. Um, people are saying there's been a failure of big business not to invest in, in new antibiotics. I must admit, I do understand that there's no profit in these in these drugs. It's it, There's a lot more profit, say, in anti-cancer drugs, so you can understand why they're focused there. We have lots of what we call neglected diseases because they're not necessarily Western diseases, so that, again, there's no profit. But there's also the the antibiotics that we do have, the sort of misuse of them and not the antibiotic stewardship, as they talk about. We've kind of... You know, we haven't really looked after these tools that we had. So it's partly to do with the lack of investment, partly to do with how we've used them, and also perhaps it's all to do with the, the public perception of we must have antibiotics when we're ill, even if it's not appropriate. What would be the options if we're not having antibiotics? I don't think we're quite to the point where we won't have antibiotics. I think we need to be a bit more cleverer, perhaps, with what we've already got, um, you do read research that people are coming up with novel techniques. So I'm involved in a, in a study using an extract from green tea, which can actually sensitise resistant Staph aureus MRSA to actually make it uh, sensitive again to the oxycillin, methicillin. So you can therefore be able to treat it. But obviously to bring that to market is going to take a long time. But there are other chemicals and things out there that we can use maybe in conjunction with existing antibiotics. And there's also retargeting existing antibiotics against different pathogens that they haven't been used before. We have, though, unfortunately gone back to drugs that we had in the 1950s that, that were then discontinued because they were thought to be too toxic. Um, so this is things like colistin. It's a drug of last resort for many actual pathogens. It's colistin or nothing, really. In, in layman's terms, can you talk about how uh, a bacteria actively fights against the antibiotic? You know, is this kind of just a, a beautiful sense or a macabre sense of evolution in action? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's evolution in action. Um, you put on a strong evolutionary selective pressure. So if you wipe out all the competitors, but one bacteria has a slight change, a slight mutation, which gives it enough advantage to just about to survive, then that one is the, can then reproduce and grow and all its progeny can then take on that and make that advantage a little bit more. But bacteria have many, many ways of defending themselves against antibiotics. So antibiotics come in many classes. Um, say some, for example, will destabilise the cell wall. So you get other proteins have evolved which can then block the binding site of those antibiotics. You find that the targets of certain antibiotics, they will change ever so slightly. So the binding site of the antibiotic is, is then removed so the antibiotic can no longer bind. And then you've also got some very general things um, which we call efflux pumps, which basically for the bacteria pumps anything out of the cell it doesn't want. And this can be used against many antibiotics, just a case of pumping the stuff back out again before it causes damage to the cell. There's also other ways around this as well. So a lot of these drugs will affect a bacteria as it divides, as it becomes, you know, the, the progeny. So things like spores and things like that, which are not part of the cell, not part of the dividing process, can actually mean a bacteria can survive while the antibiotic's about, and then once you finish your treatment... They've just stayed dormant, if you like, and then they can then start dividing once the antibiotic threat has gone. How worried are you personally? You, you work in this area. When Sally Davies is talking about a ticking time bomb, how much time do we have before that bomb goes off? That's a good question, and we hope, I wish we knew the answer to it. I, I think there's, you have to be concerned, and we have to do something which it certainly seems the government has the will, which is always nice, and that means funding has gone that way, and there's a lot of research looking into ways around this. I think... There's cause to be concerned, but I'm also slightly optimistic that we will find things 
to help us and, and maybe put back this uh, post-antibiotic uh, apocalypse back a few years to give us more time to develop maybe another antibiotic or alternative therapies. So you talk about a, a, apocalypse. Is this on? We're we talking about on a scale of of climate change, which everyone knows about, I've heard about, and, and we're kind of all aware of kind of the fears of global terrorism. Why aren't the public as concerned about this particular problem? Maybe because it hasn't. The message hasn't got out there. But saying that, the longitudinal prize was awarded to antibiotic resistance. So I think there is awareness and more awareness getting out there. And I think as people understand that you know you have an infection and you go for treatment and, and you get told basically it's untreatable and I think it's going to as more and more people get that kind of diagnosis it's going to really hit home that it's something that needs to be done and done very quickly. Can you tell us a little bit more about that prize? Yeah it was uh, it was they put forward several topics on which was the most pressing public problem and the Longitude Prize was awarded to antibiotics resistance and this is to do with finding a rapid diagnosis tool that you could perhaps use in the GP surgery very quickly. So if someone comes in, you have something that tells very quickly if it's a virus or a bacteria. So therefore showing that if it's viral, therefore antibiotics and there's no point taking them. It'd be nice if that could also do something and give an idea of which resistance a bacteria was, you know, which you couldn't treat with. So therefore you could use appropriate antibiotics. I think this is certainly a way forward that we need to go is sort of like personalised bacterial medicine. So you'd, you'd have an infection and you, can, you would actually look and say, well, this is actually sensitive to this particular antibiotic, let's give it that. If we can maybe sum it up, what, what would you say is the best case scenario and the worst case scenario? And where do you think we are? OK, so I think the best case scenario is that, we've, that somebody with an infection, you'd be able to pick up very quickly what drugs were appropriate to treat that person and treat them until that infection is completely gone. And, and do that quickly so we could still use existing drugs while a new drug is coming to market. I think the worst case scenario is obviously all get so much resistance in, in the population that we do become to a point where you can't use anything. There is, there is just no treatment at all. I think we're somewhere in the middle. I think some infections are picking up this drug resistance much quicker than others. Gram-negatives seem to be a particular problem compared to gram-positives. And... I think there is promise though that we can have new and different uh, treatments that you know will help us tackle some of these problems. We survived before the year of antibiotics. I think we'll we'll carry on surviving even if antibiotics do get taken away from us.